It's all about big play Ray today. That's Ray Sean Jenkins. And remembering his impact on 2022 and what he can do for 2023. We'll talk about that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You are locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for joining me, Tony Wiggins, here on the Locked On Jaguars podcast. We're at your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen. A quick reminder that we are free to subscribe to on our YouTube page. That is Locked on Jack Bars. And wherever you get your audio podcast, make sure you tap in every single day to make sure that you don't miss an episode. I'd like to say hello to our everydayers. What is going on? Glad to have you here with us. And if you're new to the show, welcome to the show. Hopefully you can become an everydayer as well, here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about Rayshon Jenkins and break it down all the way back to when he signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars after the 2020 season and in between 20 and 20, 2020 and 2021 and played that first year under Urban Meyer along with guys like Shaquille Griffin. What has Rayshon Jenkins done to make himself stick? There are a lot of people that thought he'll be gone. And he many Rayshon Jenkins instead of Shaquille Griffin. After year one, and uh, Rayshon hurt his ankle. I think he, he broke his ankle or hurt his ankle really, really bad. He got a couple of penalties, if you recall. If you remember back, I think it was the San Francisco game. But he kept a drive going and did some other stuff out of frustration. And everyone was like, waste of money. Waste of signing. And I always like to pause when we do stuff like that because we never know the situation or the mental psyche that guys are going through because they're having these weird years with weird coaches and all of that stuff. The, the, the irony, it turns out that the guy that left was Shaquille Griffin. It was not Rayshon Jenkins. So we're going to talk about Rayshon and his, his, his propensity to make big plays at big times and why I think he saved the Jaguar season on more than one occasion, not just the obvious one that everyone is thinking about. So we're going to give him his flowers today and look at his impact on this team uh, last year and look forward to the impact that he has this year who does he remind me of we'll talk about that in segment two we'll discuss the player who was a champion and has some familiarity with head coach doug peterson we'll discuss the fact that he kind of resembles this guy a little bit with the way that he plays and then we'll talk about the impact that he actually has on andre cisco and i think it's a tremendous impact everybody knows the way i feel about andre cisco i think andre cisco is an absolute superstar waiting to happen and I think Rayshon Jenkins will have something to do with that. We're making making sure that that occurs. But first and foremost, talk about Rayshon. Was with the Chargers, of course, he uh, played college ball at the University of Miami. And I don't remember him, even though I was a Florida State fan and that's our rival. I just don't remember Rayshon Jenkins. I wish I would. I'm going to look up his number. I'm going to look up his number real quick. And uh, I hope he wasn't the dude uh, that Cam, uh, Cam Akers ran over because I picked at that dude for a long time and I don't think it's him, but I'm, while I'm typing, I'm telling you the dude that Cam Akers ran over was number 22. So I'm going to look up his college jersey number real quick to make sure we do some housekeeping. And this is normal research that I do, but I did not do it. 
Um, uh, I did not look it up. Let's see. 6-2, drafted fourth round. What was his jersey number with the Miami Hurricanes? Let me pull him up. Please don't let Rayshon Jenkins be number 22. At least he wasn't. Well, they don't show it here, what his number was uh, when he was at the University of Miami. They just say he's from St. Petersburg. Of course, he's a Florida boy, so we love that stuff. Uh, but I'm just trying to have some some fun uh, with that. But the thing is, is he was – nah, he wasn't. He was number 26. Good. He wore Sean Taylor's number. So he was not number 22, and that's that's good for me because I didn't want to pick at the dude, man, because whoever number 22 was got absolutely whipsawed and, and, and all the other adjectives you want to think about against Cam Akers in Florida State. But – Rayshon Jenkins is a very good player now. He was with the Chargers um, prior to, uh, during the, uh, like right around the COVID years and, and maybe a little bit before that, he was with the Chargers and was a fourth round pick. Didn't retain him. And so the Jaguars signed two guys that didn't get beyond their first contract with him and Shaquille Griffin. And they all, they all knew each other. So um, that's one of the good things is that he got here and didn't have a great first year, had a real good second year, real good second year to the point where they're going to have some some stuff to think about, especially if they don't get a young guy uh, in there this year that's going to do anything because I believe Jenkins signed a three-year deal, so he'll be a free agent soon. Um, played extremely well last year, two plays. And I know he did way more than this, because before these two plays happened, we were talking in the press box. Uh, I forgot who it was. It may have been Demetrius Harvey uh, for uh, Jacksonville.com, Florida Times Union, or it could have been John Shipley. I sit next to both of them in the press box, and we were talking about halfway through the season, we were starting to look ahead because the Jaguars were two and six, and, and I said we started looking at positions that they needed, and I mentioned safety as one of them. And everybody agreed. I said, I don't know if Rayshon's going to hang around. Well, I thought he wasn't going to hang around. That's what I said. That day, I was like, I think he's going to hang around. I didn't think prior to the day he was going to hang around. But you know what? He's played really well. We said that before he started making these huge plays. We, we, we were in agreement that Rayshon Jenkins had done a lot of good things. And, and in fact, his backup, Dewey Wingard, he's another dude that – a year ago, everybody thought Dewey was going to be gone out of here, right? Well, they re-signed him, and Dewey ended up coming with one of the best things, some big plays and some slogans, that it was always the Jags. And now he's sort of ingrained in the culture of the fan base as some as sort of a fan favorite. So this is this is a, a both of these guys are a telltale sign and 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 a living example of why you don't just cancel out guys based on one season and then you really don't absolutely know everything that's going on with someone and how the coaches see them and whether or not they live up to, to their potential. I think both of them are along with Andre Cisco are just pure human examples of how a difference, what a difference coaching can make with these players. So there were two plays uh, that catapulted Rayshon Jenkins, in my opinion, that made it, uh, really a no-brainer that he's going to be here and he's going to be here for a while if the Jaguars plan on making a little bit of run he's going to absolutely be here a little while longer I'm going to tell you what those plays are and the impact that they had and what player he reminds me of in segment two I'm going to make sure I get to that 
I will, however, tell you this. I will let you know right now what games those plays were made in. One was made against Dallas and one was made against the Chargers. Now, those two plays were surrounded by very good play, very good all-around play, solid tackling in the open field, all of that stuff. So it's not as if that's all that those guys did. That, that That's all that he did. He did not do just that. He did a lot more than just that. And we want to talk about that in segment three and how that impacts another player who I already told you guys that I believe is an absolute superstar. So we're going to get to all of that here in just a second on Locked on Jaguars. Make sure you stand by and don't go away because we're going to get to it in segment two after I let you guys know about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. You need to take your first swing at Major League Baseball. That's right, your first swing at Major League Baseball. And I'm going to tell you who can help you. I'm not much for help to you, but FanDuel is. Because first of all, you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200, right? That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, baseball is in full effect, man. And you can play this game all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid just like that instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Now, here's the information I'm talking about. you got to find out about the bullpens. You have to find out what these pitchers' records are against the type of team that they're hitting. Then you make your wager, and FanDuel has all of the information for you. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner, an official sports partner, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Boom, man. Tongue tied to death today trying to make sure that I said that right, but shout out to FanDuel. Make sure you do exactly what I say and tap in and read up on all the information and find out about those bullpens, man, because that is critical in baseball. All right, so we're talking football here. We're talking Rayshon Jenkins, big play Ray. That's my nickname I'm giving him today, and it's because I think he saved the Jaguar season on multiple occasions. The first time I think he saved the season, because remember, the Jaguars' final game, game came down to whoever wins that game goes to the playoffs. It would not have been the case had the Jaguars come into the game. And if they were, I wonder if they were a game, they were a game ahead. So yeah, whoever won the game, the Jaguars needed to win a whole bunch of games down the stretch, right? To avoid uh, getting into some sort of weird tiebreaker situation with Tennessee. And they won a lot of games down the stretch, some that they came from behind. The Raiders game. But the next two I'm going to mention are the most critical ones. The one to get into the playoffs was the game against the Dallas Cowboys. The game against the Dallas Cowboys, man. Rayshon Jenkins got a pick at the end of a game. He caught a tip ball, and he had played well the entire game, by the way. He had made some tremendous plays, but he got a pick from Dak Prescott. And it was a walk-off because he took it all the way back to the house We've throughout, you know, in and out of traffic right along the Dallas Cowboys sideline and pointed towards the people in the north end zone and said, we got him. Let's get out of here. And that stadium, he ran past all those Cowboy fans, too, that were up in the stadium. 
right, on that side of the field. Huge, huge play. Johnny on the spot. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So he was prepared. It was a good opportunity. And not only did he get the ball, but he took the ball and he scored. He went the other way with it. That was a huge, huge play. The other time he saved their season was in the game that decided who went to the playoffs and who was going to be AFC South champions. The Jags were losing unexpectedly late. It was a raucous, raucous crowd. Um, I was watching the TV because I was in the nation's capital. I was in Washington, D.C., but I was watching it, and I couldn't believe my eyes, and I thought that they were going to blow Tennessee out. Didn't happen. They were actually losing to Josh Dobbs and the Tennessee Titans. Then he blitzes. And fans all year talk so much about the defensive ends going back in coverage, how they needed them to be the ones who were attacking the quarterback. Well, Rayshon Jenkins comes off that slot, comes around that corner, gets home, hits the ball out of Josh's hands. Shout out to Josh Dobbs, too, being a rocket scientist. But hits the ball, knocks the ball. The ball actually goes forward. They reviewed it to make sure it was not a lateral or wasn't a forward pass, which it wasn't. It was a fumble that just went forward, scooped up by Josh Allen. Josh Allen ran down the sidelines for a go-ahead touchdown, and then the Jaguars were able to come back and close the game out. So that's two plays in the last what seven or eight games of the season in a season where the Jaguars actually had to win both games. They had to win everything going down the stretch in order to make the playoffs. And he was a critical part of why they were able to do it. Two really good plays on defense. One where he benefited from a tip ball, but he scored a touchdown. And then he created a fumble that allowed his teammate to score for a touchdown. Thus the moniker big play Ray. What player does he remind me of? I'll give you one. How about Malcolm Jenkins? Doug Peterson knows a little bit about Malcolm Jenkins because Malcolm Jenkins played the similar role that Rayshon Jenkins played last year for the Jaguars and that he's going to play this year. He played that similar role when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017, in the 2017 season. He's very, very familiar with it, knows what it's supposed to look like, about the same size, a little over 6'1", maybe hanging around 210. And he abs- he absolutely plays the game that way. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that Rayshon Jenkins, I don't even I don't think he's related to Malcolm, but his last name is Jenkins. Sound, you know, same sounding name and, and same style of play. Because Malcolm Jenkins used to come off that corner. He used to come off that edge and rush from that slot. But he also was a very sure tackler. And he was also somebody who was Johnny on the spot, always around the football and able to do things like the things that Rayshon Jenkins was able to do. I just think that there's a little bit of a lack of appreciation for him because just think back to a calendar year from uh, a calendar year ago, people wanted to run him out of town. They say, let's get another year out of him, but we need to replace him. Even this off season, there was a whole bunch of talk about drafting Brian branch from Alabama and Brian branch. While I think he'll be a good player. People wanted to pick Brian branch this year. Uh, when the Jaguars chose it, the original pick was 26. He ended up going in the 40s, right? And my thought was, my thought the whole time was, well, he's not going to start in front of Jenkins, and he ain't going to. He definitely ain't going to start in front of Cisco. So you're talking about him being a slot, but they're only in nickel 65 percent of the time. Can you waste? Can you use them? I wouldn't say waste, but can you use 
a first round pick on someone who's not a full time starter and won't be on the field in every single situation. If a team wants to go heavy, you got to take him out and put another linebacker in the game. And the Jaguars had some situations last year where they were loading up, trying to stop the run, and they actually did play three linebackers. They actually had a Sam linebacker in the game. So it's a little bit different, man, when when you when you have to spend money on high draft picks, but you already have guys on the roster that you really, really like. The Jaguars really, really like Rayshon Jenkins. They really, really do. And I think they really, really like Rayshon Jenkins, the professionalism, the approach, his style of play, way before he made that play against Dallas and, of course, before he made that play against the Chargers, I mean, uh, against Tennessee. I think he's a very good player. I think he came back from injury. He redeemed himself. And I think he's going to have another big year this year. He's still a young player. He's still a young player. And I hope he's one of those core players that the Jaguars decide that they need to keep around as they start going into next season. And they're going to start trying to restructure some guys and give some guys extensions and get them on a little bit of a bargain because they have so many people to sign. I'm going to tell you the impact I believe Rayshon Jenkins will have on another really, really good player in that secondary. And that player is somebody that everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I have said I believe is headed towards being a superstar. I'll tell you all about that in just a second here on segment three on Locked on Jaguars. All right, running it down here on Locked on Jaguars. Just a quick recap of the first two segments. We're talking about big play Rayshon Jenkins, big play Ray, as I, as I want to refer to him. And we're giving him his flowers and saluting him on how he has uh, played. He played in his second year here in Jacksonville and sort of redeemed himself uh, in the minds of the fans. I think the coaches never lost faith in him. Who he reminds you of, the two big plays that he made that solidified uh, his ability to make those plays in critical situations. And now in segment three, we're going to talk about what his impact is on another player, and that is his running mate back at the safety position, that is Andre Sisco. Andre Sisco is the real deal. Andre Sisco and Rayshon Jenkins, they're not quite built the same, even though they both look like they've been lifting weights. They got they got that penitentiary weight lifting. I know they ain't been to jail, but I'm saying that's what they got. You see their arms and dudes look like they look like they've been, you know, roughhousing a little bit in that weight room and, and putting in some sweat equity. And I think that's going to bode well for the team. The one thing I will tell you about watching them interact at practice and watching at minicamp and OTAs is this. Even though the veterans were excused for the last one, but every chance I've gotten, people gravitate towards him, man. Him and Cisco, they vibe, they get along real well. And you can see how the rest of the team sort of looks up to, uh, to, uh, to Jenkins. I actually had a player that I talked to, and when I mentioned Jenkins, he just shook his head like, boy. And if you're not watching YouTube, you can't see my face, but I'm going to tell you, he was like, man, Jenks can go. I think that's the overwhelming thought of a lot of players in that locker room, if not every one of them. And I also believe it's an overwhelming thought of the coaching staff, and I believe that the fans are late to the party a little bit because we see the game a certain way. And I say it we, because I'm including myself with uh, folks that are outside of the locker room here, but man, he can play. And I think he really, really has the, he has the, 
he has the pulse of the locker room. He has the pulse of the defense. He's one of those dudes that I think really is a leader on that defense. I think he's one of the most vocal people. I think along with Foy Oluwakan, probably um, Josh Allen, I think they're probably, those three are probably the most uh, demonstrative and vocal players on the team. He plays in the box. He can play split safety. He tackles well. He can cover. And in practice, he's always jumping routes. He's caught Trevor several times in some of the practices I've seen, especially in the training camp before last season, where he jumps routes, man, and, and almost gets picks, gets his hands on balls. So he's always playing as if he has the confidence in his ability to get the job done. So how does that help and impact Andre Cisco? Trust. If Cisco knows that Rayshon will do his job, if you think back to this game against the Colts last year, and I brought this up last year when I was talking to the folks at Locked On last week, when I was last night rather, when I was talking to the folks with Locked On Colts, one of the things about last year was the indie game that was played in Indy. That's that's the last time y'all saw saw Shaq Quarterman, and that's not Shaq Quarterman, uh, Sha Shaquille Griffin, and he did not play well that game. He just didn't. Griffin didn't play well at all. Uh, I hope I've been saying Griffin this whole time and not been saying Shaq Quarterman, but he just didn't play well. And the game prior to that, I believe the game was before that against Washington where Pat McAfee had kind of highlighted the fact that Terry McLaurin came to the sideline and told them, hey, man, they're playing cover two, but they're playing real undisciplined and they're loose, meaning the, the wide receiver was not getting jammed by the corner because he wasn't getting jammed by the corner. They thought they could beat the safety to the spot, and that's exactly what happened for more than one touchdown, right? When I talk about trust, I think Andre Sisco needs to know that the other guys in the secondary are going to do their job so he can spend all of his time doing his and not trying to recover and not trying to make up for somebody else's mistakes because football coaches, I've heard them say it all the time, just do your job. And, and what that means is if you're going to try to make up for another guy, then I think that means both of y'all are making mistakes. So we, we might be able to get by with one guy making a mistake, even though they don't want that either, but we definitely can't get by with one guy making a mistake. And then another guy putting on a Superman cape, trying to be captain, save a, a teammate. And, and then both of them end up making mistakes. So I think if Andre Cisco can just use that speed and he is fast and use that ability to separate receivers from the ball, use it to, you know, create a situation where real estate isn't free, be able to jump more routes and play with more instincts because he's not worried about his buddy being out of position. That is how you can maximize and get the most out of those two players, especially Andre Cisco. Um, as a benefactor, if you will, of the play of Rayshon Jenkins. I think Rayshon Jenkins is a really, really good player. And he sort of reminds me of, even though he's not quite the same type of player that Barry Church was, he reminds me of a guy like that that's steady, that's smart, that is always where he's supposed to be. Tayshawn Gibson was like that in 2017 and 18. Same thing, but Gibson's role is, is being played more by Andre Sisco. But that's it. 
when those guys can play well like that, and then that bodes well too for Tyson Campbell because when you put all three, that's three fourths of it. That's I just named. I just said I got two players that I think are very good players, and I think Tyson Campbell is right there. I think Tyson Campbell might be out of all of the defenders. Tyson Campbell might be the highest rated defender of his position group in the eyes of uh, if you polled coaches and scouts, not necessarily some of these sites because if somebody had Tyson Campbell as like the thirtieth best corner, and I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah, all of these guys as a group, if they play as well as I think they can play, they can elevate the Jaguars, they can elevate themselves, and they can elevate the way everyone feels about them. But it starts with big play Ray. Ray Sean Jenkins has changed the minds of people around here about his impact on the team, who he's going to be, what he's going to be, and Jacksonville should be very, very glad to have him. And you should be – Glad to join me every day on the Locked On Jaguars podcast because it's your team every day. We thank you for making us your first listen. Make sure your next watch is Locked On NFL, which is your daily NFL league-wide podcast that is on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's on YouTube on Locked On NFL. Make sure you subscribe. If you want to see my mug or hear my voice on there, I'm with James Rapine every single Wednesday. You can make sure you tap in, like, and subscribe and hit that bell. Also, we'll see you here tomorrow as we get closer and closer to training camp. The guys will be reporting, I think, in about 18 days now, 18, 19 days. They'll get rookies in, and then they'll get veterans in right after that. And I think it's about 20 days before fans are actually sitting up in the stands and watching this team practice in the new Miller Electric practice facility. All right, until the next time, you guys take each other, and we'll see you here back on the Locked On Jaguars podcast.